and welcome to the Oxygen Addict Triathlon Podcast. We're brought to you every week by our sponsors, PrecisionHydration.com. Precision Hydration offer electrolyte drinks in different strengths to match how you sweat. Personalize your hydration strategy today at PrecisionHydration.com and get a free box or tube of pH worth up to $9.99 using the code OxygenAddict. We're also brought to you by FoodCell.co.uk. The next generation of top tube nutritional carriers for your bike designed to allow endurance triathletes and cyclists to carry enough food and gels while allowing easy access. Check it out at foodcell.co.uk. We're also brought to you by teamoxygenatic.com triathlon coaching. Helping age group triathletes see huge improvements in their triathlon performance. The time training system makes sure you get the important training done each week in a way that complements the rest of your life. Awesome, everyone. Welcome to the show. This week, we have got Ironman Whale Special. I'm loving the excitement in your voice. I'm talking like an American wrestling announcer. Should we stop that straight away? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm all excited because one of the guys I had racing there sent me a video taken from the cliffs as everyone was singing the national anthem. And the camera like pans round. The, the cliffs and there must be i've heard reports of twenty thousand people and from the video clip it's easy to believe that twenty thousand. i don't know i mean i was i was up there looking over the beach and the it is just spine tingling when they play the national anthem and is it over the speakers as well as people yeah. singing right Cause it's it, over the speakers yeah it had that sort of welsh choir feeling to it didn't it and i was thinking i wouldn't know the words if i was there <laughs> so many so many local people not only race it but come out and support yeah. that you, you you'd have plenty of people who do know the words so you know you could just kind of just hum along mouth along yeah yeah it's fine um but no it, it is one of the most spectacular starts to a sporting event in the world and i'm i'm gonna say i have i have been to quite a few um, have, haven't you? You've been to I several have. Olympics, is is is. Yeah, and and genuinely, in terms of goosebumps and things like that, it it is really up there because yeah. it's like a natural cauldron with the sea and the cliffs and it's like an amphitheater, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you've it's got, incredible. What two thousand three hundred? You know, excited, nervous athletes all sort of packed into a small space and they sort of parade them through Tembi from transition really as well to even get to the swim start. Yeah. So they're walking past all these crowds to then get down onto the beach and then if you we were standing up at the up at the top, so looking down over it all and you know, we were there from about five past six in the morning and the race starts at what, five to seven and yeah. You can see that the sun, bit by bit, is gradually rising. So there's more sunlight, and it was the most glorious morning. And from where we were standing, the water looked stunning. Just amazing, beautiful. wasn't it? Yeah, like mill pond flat. Um, and yeah, because it was a glorious morning, it was a spectacular sunrise as well. So I think that anyone who nice. raced, it would have been a really special moment that you just have to capture those things in life was there a bit of you that was thinking when i did it it was hammering down (laughs) lots of me thinking oh my god like this is just you can't even compare it to two years ago 
it was just the weather makes such a difference awful. doesn't it yeah massive massive difference but again a bit like last year there wasn't it's throughout the whole day there wasn't a big part of me that was thinking I really want to be doing this so I'm not saying I don't want to be ever doing an Ironman again but I, I still think I'm a bit scarred by Ironman Wales 2017 um yeah. really yeah yeah okay well, I am in no rush to go back and, and race in Tempe. No rush at all. You managed to channel your, channel your significant energy into supporting at the very least, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I am as delighted to be down there. I, I think it's the most incredible race, the most incredible place. But I didn't think I want to be racing. I just think every time you sort of drive into Tempe, I think, oh, my God, they've got to run up here. Like, this is just, yeah. it's just. It's brutal, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah so i still do think back to that and i think anyone who finished yesterday anyone who didn't manage to beat the cutoffs and maybe didn't finish i just am full of respect because i know what goes into even signing up for ironman wales yeah totally all right so you were there being super supporter and with your official little ironman sticker interviewer sticker on did you get an no, actual sticker no, I didn't get one. Oh, no stickers. Uh, no stickers. They changed their policy this year. Oh. So, um, no, didn't get a, an Iron Man sticker, but um, I managed to... Do you have a lanyard at least? Nope. Oh. Yep. I'm no. going gonna, gonna to make you a lanyard and send it to you. <laughs> it's okay. I've got quite a few, but um, no, didn't didn't get one. Um, but I did manage to gather a whole load of interviews and it's honestly just keep on listening to this podcast right. because Love they're it. pretty they're cool interviews um and there's just a whole range of emotion of excitement from you know first time winners uncovering a little bit of a few gems about some of these characters some of these people um and then you've got you know pure emotion um from people who well Lucy Gossage basically who was like yep yeah, so listen out. Honestly, they're really good interviews. And we've got a pre-race interview with Lucy too. Cool. Well, shall we kick it off with that then? Kick off with a pre-race interview from Lucy Gossage. Lucy, I must admit, I didn't expect to, well, A, be standing on a street corner in Tembe, but B, actually be standing in Tembe interviewing you again. I know. I did my last one last year, didn't I? <laughs> you interviewed me afterwards. <laughs> and I was in tears because it was my last one. <laughs> But so, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, last year I know you were like really, really emotional about it, and we've spoken since then. Was there always like this tiny bit which keep your options open? Um, I mean, I, I did. I think when we spoke on the podcast, I did say, you know, I'm not 100% ruling out doing I'm on Wales at the end of the year, but it wasn't on my plans at all, and I just. Like, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm obviously fit. I've done Norsan, um, and I've been, but I've just had such a cool year, and I, I didn't want, I, didn't, I haven't been training like I used to, um, but I'm still fit, so I've still been riding my bike and running and swimming, and I just realised that I couldn't imagine not being here, and actually, there was no reason not to be, and I'd been, I tell you, what, I've been numbing and knowing it, and it was actually two young guys at work. I, I didn't talk to them about my arm man, but. Um, they can't. They couldn't do what they want to do. And, and one of them's about to lose his leg, and um, the other one, it, it just 
they, they can't do what their bodies won't let them do what they want to do and this was on the Wednesday and I'd kind of been mumming and ahhing about it all week and I came here and was like I'm definitely just going to do it um, and now I'm here like all week I haven't felt this excited about a race in like since the first one I honestly it's like it's like the day before Christmas when you're five years old and yeah I, th- I just feel like I'm the luckiest pro because everyone else has got pressure and everyone says to me oh you know you must feel loads of pressure you're defending champion and there's zero pressure because I'm I'm just here for fun and you know I'm gonna go out there and race really hard and I'm well up for it like as up for it as I've ever been but it doesn't matter where I finish it's just as long as I have fun <laughs> you have got this grin on your face which is like permagrin <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, honestly I I I drive to when I when I see a sign for ten minutes, like part of my body goes oh, and it, I came back for the long course weekend, and I I was quite embarrassed because they were interviewing me at the end of the run, and I I started well, I had tears. <laughs> And you do tears, often have tears. But the tears were, like, I really want to do the Ironman, but I'm not going to be. And that was what was going through my head. And, um, yeah, I think um, just because you say you're not going to do something, you can change your mind. Um, but what I'm really pleased about is it hasn't changed my my plan for the year. And I've, I, I've not, you know, I've done all these cool stuff that um, I, I wouldn't have let myself do when I was training professionally. So we're going to never say never, as in you know you could be back again next year so this may not be this may not be the last Ironman Wales uh, well I, I no one would believe me but <laughs> <laughs> this is just a bonus <laughs> a bonus smash fest and it happens to be sunny so it's getting even more bonus smash fest um yeah I mean, uh, who knows where not, exactly let's not think about that but I was going to say in terms of retirement I mean other people have done a bit of a better job of retirement <laughs> yeah joe skipper came up with the hashtag worst retirement ever in after Northman. um but you know what i think it's actually a bloody good retirement because I, I retirement is how you live your life and i you know i'm not living my life as a professional i still love being active and i still love riding my pe- bike in the peaks when it's sunny um and i just i don't do the things that i don't want to do um so you know, I, I realised I, I did a run off the bike about three or four weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and I think I counted that was my fourth or fifth run off the bike this year, and I'd done two races. So I don't do bricks. I don't do the, the stuff that I don't want to do, but um, I still love doing all the other stuff. And, that you know, I'm still fit. Cross-country ski marathon, you know, you've got to be quite fit to do that, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Particularly if you're you or me. <laughs> How was Norseman? Because we haven't actually spoken since Norseman. We spoke after Patagon Man. And then, yeah, we knew that Norseman was happening. What did you make of that race? Congratulations as well. Um, Norseman was brilliant. Uh, it, was, it was so different to, to, to kind of an Ironman. Um, it was really special because mum and dad were, were part of the team. And dad was on crutches. And, um, yeah, it was... I, I kind of thought... I kind of thought they wouldn't do a very... You know, that they'd be there and they'd be at the right place, but I wouldn't be able to stop lots and things. But they were amazing. They were... They were they couldn't... No one could have had better support. They were absolutely brilliant. Um, and it's I have to go back and ride the course slowly and stop and take photos because it's just stunning um, and the run and the run's tough to be honest I I actually think that's why I might have a good race tomorrow because I, I basically panic trained after long course weekend before Tembi before um, Norseman I think there was three weeks and I was just panicking so I got to Norseman very tired um, and I'm not t- I've done very little since then but I've still got all that training in my in my body so um, yeah, Norseman was amazing. The run was tough, super tough. But 
just incredible. Um, so it was, yeah, I'd definitely recommend trying extreme races because they're, they're so different and they're just different challenges. Um, and, I, I, you know, it's all very well going and riding in a pack on the motorway and, you know, doing your time or whatever on a fast one but there are so many better adventures to be to be had with triathlons so um yeah i definitely recommend them so you've done ski touring this year you've done cycle touring you've done northman patagonman as well kind of the end of last year what's next year gonna look like i've gone i I didn't know what this year was gonna look like so (laughs) but surely has it is it not even sparked even more like i want to do more adventurous stuff and more sort of challenges as well I, I love the cycle touring. I really love that. And I love that, you know, just getting off on my own, completely off the beaten track. Um, and I, to be honest, I've loved everything I've done. Like, I did the swim run in the CDRs, and everyone knows I'm not a swimmer, but I love that. And I, if it, I, I think it just shows. I, I love pushing myself, and it's really not about the finished position. You know, I was... Where was I in that ski marathon? Like you were first, weren't you? <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you win it? Very, very near the back. But I was just as proud of that as you know, as I was of winning Tenby last year. Probably more proud because it was a harder, a harder challenge, and um, maybe that's what you know. That's why I, I. That's why I'm here today. I think a lot of people would wouldn't dare to turn up at something they'd run before, you know, without perhaps being in quite the same shape. Um, but for me, it's it's just not about where I finished. You know, don't get me wrong, I would love to win tomorrow and I'll do everything I can to win. But if I finish sixth or seventh, then as long as I've had fun, it will still be kind of box ticked. What a great attitude to have going into a race. Actually, I'm yes. here for fun. It doesn't matter where I finish. I just want to come and have a blast. So, yeah, Lucy was very relaxed um, when I spoke to her. That was on Saturday afternoon. So she had racked her bike and uh, yeah, we genuinely just did that interview on a street corner. It was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> a quiet street corner. So yeah, no no high-flying technology, no no nothing, just me and Lucy and my little recorder standing in the sunshine by a lamppost with, um, yeah, with some young lads going past shouting, are you doing an interview? Nice. <laughs> well, big respect for her for going along and doing it when her head would obviously probably be telling her that she's not in the shape that she would want to be in. But to just turn up and do it because she really loves being in Tembi, I think is is brilliant. Yeah, so, yeah. Tell me about your your women for try evening then, because I was getting notifications from people that they'd gone and it was awesome. So tell me all about that, please. Oh yeah, so that was on Friday evening, yeah. and it was so women for try. Uh, an initiative is to encourage and celebrate as well women uh, about participation in triathlon as well so there are various sort of groups and initiatives around the world and they often link up with Ironman events as well so women for try we had a panel um, in the race briefing um, pavilion place as well so Joe Murphy and I were co-hosting it so Joe Murphy is the brilliant and enthusiastic um Ironman announcer and then Lindsay Patterson the ambassador for Women for Try in the UK and then Laura Siddle and Simone Mitchell both came along and were on the panel and so nice. yeah it was it was ace so we were talking to them we were taking a few questions from the audience as well and we were talking it wasn't just about 
oh, we must, you know, this is all about equality. No, 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 no. It was, you know, the guys that came as well were like, wow, that was amazing. I feel really, really inspired. I learned loads from it. You know, how do Laura and how does Simone deal with pre-race nerves? You know, what do they do when it gets difficult during a race? You know, tips for your first Ironman, because there were a few first timers in there as well. Um, and just generally, you know, their thoughts on participate, female participation. Um, and it was just a, a celebration of sort of women in triathlon. And it was really cool. And then there were freebies and stuff at the end as well. So I think there were a few happy people who went away, not only inspired, but with a freebie too. Nice. Can't say fairer than that. No. And then Declan Byrne, Rob, um, he was there as well. And Declan Byrne is the regional director for Ironman UK and Ireland. So he he had a he spoke as well at the Women for Try event. And I thought, I think I think we need to get Declan on the podcast as well. So I did an interview with him on Saturday afternoon, too, because I thought that, you know, a lot of people who listen to the show, We'll have done uh, an Ironman, we'll have done a 70.3 and, you know, we spoke a lot about Ironman UK after that, what's happening with pros, what's happening with the courses, etc, etc. And so I thought I would ask Declan Byrne some of those questions. Declan, it's the day before Ironman Wales. You've got a lot of athletes out there who'll be feeling very, very nervous. How do you feel in your role? feel quite relaxed at the moment actually yeah it's um it's it's amazing to walk around the streets of Tenby right now because we've got 2,000 iron kids running around the streets um, and bringing so much atmosphere and color to our event here and they're all so enthusiastic and lots of enthusiastic parents as well um escorting them along but yeah iron kids is fantastic today and yeah I'm, we're pretty relaxed we're, we're in a good place as a team and everything is is coming together really nicely plus the weather is going to help hopefully fingers crossed touch wood and um, that we'll have a good day tomorrow and all aspects will go well is race week stressful for you in your job or is it not not so stressful and it's maybe more your team who have to deal with like those little day-to-day stresses yeah it's definitely the team who will feel the stress probably more than me but um at, at in my role i suppose it's if there's any critical instance if there's any major events if there's any basically if there's any problems i suppose my 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 role comes to the fore uh, in terms of what i do obviously we we do a lot of work here with the host venues um that'll be a lot of my role as well and making sure that our host venues are happy and that all our vips are happy and you know that everyone in the community is is to feel supported here as well and doing stuff like this as well which is great you've got one more race to go this season so that's Weymouth 70.3 how would you look back on this year for Ironman UK and Ireland this is my second season I suppose in this role um, and yeah it's been it's suppose my first season was a learning season seeing all the events over here I was familiar, familiar with some of them but um, it was certainly a learning year for me and this year then it was about you know, really sort of make some improvements, um, get the team really focused on what needs to be delivered for all the events, getting to know all the host venues a bit more and, and the communities we operate in, um, get to know the personalities a bit more. So, yeah, it's been a successful year so far, I think. You know, we've had some really, really good events. It's had its challenges. We've had um, fog in Dunleary, um, you know, and we've had um, some issues across the season operationally. But, you know, it's, it's always challenging and, you know, that's supposed to us makes the job really, really interesting. Ironman Cork as well. Ironman Cork as well was was one of those epic days, I suppose, that anyone who did that event will will never forget for the rest of their lives. Um, I suppose one of the standout things down there is like here, like in Wales, is is the community and the homeless venue support, like Cork County Council, the people of Yall and County Cork and East Cork, just like 
the athletes just and them just gelled it just was like a homecoming nearly you know so we had a, we had a lot of American athletes over a lot of UK athletes over racing the event it's unfortunate the swim got cancelled but I think anyone who was there in the morning of, on, on, and saw the conditions we faced um, we made the right call there and the right decision there for sure um, and then anyone who faced that run and bike course were just uh, amazing and still in awe of all those athletes that, that finished because it was um, it was a tough day but, but a really good day and one of those badge of honour days that our, our athletes will always remember I think you had male and female pros there this year. Will that be the same next year? Because I know UK this year obviously was a no pro race at all. Mm. Yeah, potentially. Um, I think one of the exciting things for next year that we have is that the Cork race is a Women for Try event. Um, I'm really happy about that. I'm really proud of that fact because um, from speaking to my Danish colleagues in Copenhagen from the race this year, they really felt that it add, uh, added a major layer um, to, to what they were trying to achieve and to the event itself. Um, that will put the focus on our female pros, um, which really, again, I'm really happy about because I want the best female pros in the world to come and race Cork I think it's it's a fabulous course fabulous challenge um, and I, I want them all to challenge themselves with that event um, I think it's a really good one to encourage female triathlon participation in Ireland particularly where I know there's programmes to try and grow that um, and something that I'm really passionate about both in Ireland and the UK here to make sure that we get more female triathletes into our sport support them encourage them and even from the fact I said it at the event last night was you know even from the the, the, the little girls today who are running iron kids that we encourage them and support them to be, come into our sport develop through our sport and become brilliant female professional athletes does that mean then so no male pros in cork next year or that's to be confirmed okay. so you know it's it's we're looking at that at the moment um we'll 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 have a decision on that towards the end of the year what about uk then so that was no pro this year wasn't yeah. it yeah, so, so Ironman UK Bolton was no pros this year. I think um, we're looking at, again, for next year, again, decisions will be made on that in the coming months. But for me, um, having no pros actually added a major, really interesting layer in terms of the stories that came out from our leading age group athletes who would never get a chance to sort of Okay, they're on podiums at our awards events, but they're not on podiums on the days of the events. We need more pros. That's the problem. We have too many races and not enough pros at the moment. Does it impact, if, if there aren't pros racing, does it impact on general numbers and entries, I mean, for, from, from age groupers? Like, do you think there's less appeal? No, we wouldn't see that at all. I think, actually, um, it, it's great to have our, our pros there and we, we love having our, our, pro race, our pros racing with us. But again, like, that's 0.01% of our of our athletes you know the the real focus for us is our is our age group athletes you know our they're the people that are probably training like pros um from from talking to a lot of them um and 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 coming to our events in their in their thousands you know and no we wouldn't see a major fall off in entries due to that we're here in Wales. There has often been talk about, oh, it's not going to be on next year. And the same thing happens in Bolton. You hear, oh, no, apparently it's not happening. What, what, are the, what is the situation for Ironman Wales mm. and Ironman UK as well in Bolton? I think the very simple answer to that is that the two you've mentioned are probably our most enthusiastic host venues. And as far as I'm concerned, um, there's 
nothing in the pipeline that would say that any of those are, are going away anytime soon. We have great relationships with both host venues. We have actually an agreement in, in Wales here for five years, so that takes us right up to 2021. Um, and, and we're looking beyond that already. And the same in Bolton, where we have fantastic um, host venue relationships um, and a very enthusiastic council there through Tony Oakman and his team. And his CEO is Tony. And um, we work with, with him and the team that are very, very closely. And, you know, we'll be working with those guys to make sure that Armand UK is uh, safe and sound for the coming years. What about the 70.3s as well on the books? Yeah, so we have three 70.3s uh, at the moment. Uh, we have our event in Staffordshire, in Dunleary, and also in Weymouth. Um, so two in the UK, one in Ireland. So we would be looking, you know, again, it's it's we're always looking for opportunities across, particularly the UK. As far as I would be concerned, there, there's room for another 70.3 in the UK. Um, we're always interested to talk to new host venues as well in terms of that. So if there's anybody listening that wants to bring a 70.3 to their area, um, please get in touch. Um, we'd, we'd love to talk to, to, to new areas and new new um, host venues to see if they would like to, to, to bring a, an event to their area. Um, I think the stats on that speaks for themselves. What do you love most about your current job? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good, <laughs> we put me on the spot on that one, but it's it's not really hard to answer that, to be honest, when, when you are put on the spot, because it, I love what I do in this role. Um, I've worked in sport for the last 13 years from starting my own business, and I've worked in mass participation, and I've been a, an athlete myself through cycling, triathlon, rolling, running, um, so it's very easy to get up in the morning and go out to work and work in this industry, because um, I suppose it Ironman, it does exactly what it says in the tin. Anything is possible. We're we're making people's life ambitions come true every day of the week. You know, in every event we do, there's people who have trained for six months, a year, to, to years even to to achieve that that goal of completing an Ironman. So it's it's our inspirational athletes certainly that help as well. Our in, my inspirational team. You know, we've got a brilliant team delivering our events, safe events in the UK and Ireland. That's I'm big on that. Is that, and again, you testament to. The, the, the events that we've had this year where we've had to cancel swims and we've had fog and you know we've had to delay stuff and athletes I suppose understand I think when we take decisions like that and we have to take decisions like that they're, not, they're difficult decisions but um, and it's, it's always an interesting job as well um, the elements can throw um, anything at you I think as Alistair Brownlee said in John Leary you know if you, if you don't want to deal with the elements just stay on your treadmill you know so we, we as athletes and as organisers we work with Mother Nature and Mother Nature can throw anything at us and I think once our athletes understand that and that, that helps them understand the decision we, decisions we make The, um, the bike course at Ironman UK some people would have said you know it was dangerous it was too tough do you think it was a dangerous bike course this year? We do um, very robust risk, risk assessments on our bike course and we wouldn't put people on to bike courses that, that, that didn't pass our, our standards and our safety standards and it's it's quite important to me that, that everything out there is like that so we have independent risk assessments done on all our, our bike courses and yeah we were we were happy with that I think you know the feedback I've received from any athletes after that I spoke to and same for, for Sam Braun our race director was yes it was a challenging bike course but it was a rewarding bike course as well and that people who finished it really felt it took on a, a very real challenge um, 
that's what we try to encourage, obviously, you know, and the, the, the name says it all, really, in terms of Ironman, in that effect. Um, obviously, we look at things year over year. We we do an athlete survey, which I'd encourage all the athletes listening to make sure that you do fill out and give us your feedback. You're, you're absolutely fantastic at doing that already. But as a team in the UK and Ireland, we take those surveys, we look at all of our bottom comments, we look at where we can improve, we sit down in October, November, December, and look at how we can improve events. So if we can improve on things, um, we will. But, you know, it was a tough but fair bike course, I, I believe. Um, we're hamstrung a little bit in terms of the geographic area that we work in there. Um, so there's not many places to go um, that, that would reveal a, a flatter bike course. So um, watch the space on that in terms of what we're, where we'll go. But, you know, I think that was a good, a good and fair bike course. And I stand over that for sure. Good luck for tomorrow, Jacqueline. Yes, thank you. Really enjoyed this. Thanks very much. So that was Declan Byrne, who is the regional director for Ironman UK and Ireland. No answer on whether there's male pros or pros back at Ironman UK yeah, next year. These things are going to be gave decided, the old, I guess. Gave the old hip swivel. <laughs> Touch that one. <laughs> I hope they get pros back there. It's it's not quite the same as a, a race without the pros there. Well, that's right, my opinion so anyway. I really miss the races when there's no pros racing. Yeah, yeah. I So having been at Copenhagen this year, where it, where it was women only pro race, and then the men had their race at Kalmar the day before, like I was personally really glad that there was a pro race there as well. It, I didn't mind so much that it wasn't both male and female, because I guess I'd been there the year before and it was the males. I love having pro races because it's exciting to follow and it's amazing to see the professionals at the top of their game. Um, and, you know, when they whiz past you and you're on your first lap of the, of the bike and they're sort of doing their second, you're just like, oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. another world. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think they do add something to it. But as, you know, Declan said, there there are too many um, too many races and not mm. enough pros, basically. Too many races, not enough pros. Did I, have I got that the wrong way around? No, I think that sounds right. That would make sense. That would be the reason you'd remove a pro race, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 So, you know, if they've got now, what, because when we had Sam on, he was saying about, because they had the race in Spain as well, that was a new race. They had Cork this year, didn't they? Um, so suddenly in an area, you know, if you've got a number of races, then... Yeah. yeah, I get the I get the business case it's for it, but it's just, it's all, but it's just not it. the it's same all, to me if there's of, not pros racing. It's all businesses though, isn't it? That's, at the end of the day, these things are all businesses. Well, shall we kick on with the results from Ironman Wales then? Yeah. Talk about all what happened and who won and all of that. So first up, shout out to our sponsors, Precision Hydration. If you have not been over to their website yet, get over there and take that online sweat test. That'll give you a good lead as to whether you're a particularly salty or a particularly heavy sweater. And the reason this is important is that electrolytes and sodium in particular are really, really important for two things. They're important for keeping your muscles contracting correctly so you don't get cramp. And there's a lot of evidence that lack of sodium or sodium depletion really brings that cramp on. And the second reason is that the sodium is really essential for maintaining your body fluid balance. So hydration isn't just about drinking water. And in fact, if you just drink water when you're exercising for a long period of time, you actually end up diluting the sodium concentration of your blood even more. You need to keep that sodium concentration balanced. So get over there. 
pH are unique in that they offer their sachets in different strengths. So once you've found out what kind of strength of uh, concentration of sodium you lose in your sweat, you can replace it on a like-for-like basis, helping deal with the problems of um, cramp and deal with the problems that come along with losing your electrolyte balance. So you can get £9.99's worth free precision hydration using the code OxygenAddict. So it's a risk-free trial. Get over there and check it out. Right, Hells, first of all, I've got to say, I thought the coverage from my man Wales on the Facebook Live page or Facebook Now page, whatever you're calling it, was really, really good. Hats off to them. I was commenting to one of my friends that it was only a few years ago that the only place we ever saw any kind of footage from was Ironman Hawaii, and we would usually sit and complain it was not very good. And this one, the, the coverage was fantastic all through the day. They cut between the men's pro race and the ladies' pro race, and I certainly felt as though there was like an equal parity of, of coverage, which again is a criticism that's been leveled at them in the past. So that was really good. Um, and I think it helps, doesn't it, that the weather was great and the scenery looks amazingly stunning in that mm. kind of weather. But yeah. Did, they, did they show sort of like, did they show the race behind the lead, if that makes sense? Um, I don't know whether I saw enough of it. And probably... Probably, yeah, probably that's an accurate criticism that they did tend to hang around on the leaders. But what they did a little bit better this year was Dylan McNeese was obviously out in front on the bike and the, the camera dropped back to the chase. It was Phil Graves and, um, oh, what's our French friend called? Roman Guillaume. Yeah. Dropped back to them and then zoomed up to him again. So you kind of got an idea where they were. Similarly, okay. on the on the women's race, um, they were doing the same. They were going backwards and forwards between first, second, third, and they followed Laura Siddle for a while. She was making good headway through the pack, and they followed Lucy for a while, and then they zoomed back up the front. So you did actually get a sense of they were following. You know, they did a better job. Yeah, fair play to them. They did a better job of following different athletes. I think. Oh, cool. Yeah, because yeah. obviously, uh, being on the being sort of on the ground, um, I uh, yeah, I, I didn't see any of the Facebook live coverage. Yeah. The internet's connection can be a little bit uh, patchy. A little bit dodge, yeah. Well, I was patchy. out and about on Sunday and tuned in for a few minutes here and there as I was out and about in Manchester. And, and it was pretty amazing to be able to sit down and watch a few minutes of it as we were having a sandwich in, in the town centre. So, yeah. yeah, I was really impressed with it. Um, I think we've got to start with the ladies' side, haven't we? The women's race, yeah, definitely. I think uh, a lot of people would have sort of said you know that it's Lucy's race to to lose even though she would have said I'm just here for fun yeah. I think you know having won it a number of times previously you know she's obviously done long course weekend a number of times as well it, she knows it like the back of her hand it is her happy place you sort of go there um you know as she would have said in the um in the interviews as well and that the, the crowd support that she gets is just phenomenal and that automatically gives a like an extra boost as well so you had lucy coming in you had then manon Jeunet who got her top 10 at the iron man 70.3 world championships only last weekend yeah she was there obviously laura's there and you know winner of iron man australia uh port macquarie and then but having struggled with um having broken a collarbone earlier this year um and then you had simone mitchell who performed amazingly um, yeah. at Lanzarote um, when, you know, as an age grouper, um, beating so Michelle finished, Best. Yeah, she finished second overall, didn't she, at Ironman yeah. Lanzarote? Behind Lucy. Behind Lucy. 
yeah, behind Lucy. So beating Michelle Vesterby, beating um, Nikki Bartlett as well. Yeah. Um, and it's a real shame that that she she didn't get any recognition in in the press because she was an age grouper. I know you can make the argument that they set off at a slightly different time and it's not the same race. And I know that's true. But when I looked back through the results, I thought I'd got the wrong year. I thought she hadn't finished second overall in um, 2018 because she's not listed in the results there a second, which I think yeah. is a bit harsh, really. And obviously she had that win at the Outlaw as well in 2018, didn't she, where she went nine hours 15 and broke the course record there as well. Yep. She was yep. always my tip for the win. <laughs> She was always, and in fact, here's my claim to fame on the on the coverage of the, the Facebook Live stuff. As the commentators were chatting, they were saying as she took the lead and she went into the front. The, the two commentators were saying, "Well, you know, she's unknown. We've never heard of her before. She's having a great race, but is she going to be able to?" And I was able to type a few little things in and give them pointers to articles and say, "Look, she's done this before. She's done that before." And they were going, "Oh." Oh, all right. Well, she's finished second at Ironman Land Social. She has got form before, and it's like, yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, so. and she finished, you know, what second behind Jocelyn Mer, um, ah, Jocelyn Mer, McCauley. Yes, Jocelyn McCauley um, at the Ironman World Championships in her age group in the in the age group race. What like in? Yeah, I, I want to say twenty fourteen. Yes, I think it's something like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, she's yeah. But we had a cracking interview with her just a few weeks back. So if people haven't heard that, they can go back and listen to it. But she she pretty much did come from a background of being a gym instructor, got goaded into entering an Ironman by one of her colleagues and like won her age group in her first triathlon. And then she was like, how much faster was she when she went to Kona? Like three months later, she was, I want to say an hour faster or half an hour faster at Kona yeah. than she'd been at Ironman. So she improved so rapidly. Mm. Um, I, I'm calling it now. I'm, I'm saying that she's obviously got her slot now for Kona for next year. She yep. stays injury free and healthy. She's in the top 10 at Kona. She's got that potential. And I think she's got overall top three potential in a first pro race there. I think that's the caliber of athlete that we're dealing with. She is amazing. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I do ask her that actually about, um, yeah, so you'll just have to listen to the post-race interview. <laughs> we will. We'll have to get there in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so over on the men's side then. What were you aware so, of going on. on? Oh, we've not really What's covered the, the overall results of the ladies yet, have we? No, no, let's carry on. Let's do that. Right, so overall first, <laughs> Simone takes the win, 9.41.52. So course record broken by close to 10 minutes. She broke the course bike, bike course record as well with a 5.25. And she ran 3.10 to close it out, which is fast running on that course. Yeah. Faster than all but two pro men i think or three pro men so she especially considering she's been dealing with a run injury in the run-up to this as well uh, yeah just brilliant performance from her second was manon Genet, who came back at simone during the run she took the lead for a while and yeah. she was a couple of minutes up wasn't she yeah and then it yeah, looked it like sort of cat she, and mouse for a little bit yeah you've got the old iron man piano on her back at the 30k mark yeah, I think so. I yeah. think, and, and and I think the tiredness, sort of the fatigue in her legs from Racing. from the weekend before. Yeah, totally. And then Laura rounds out the top ten with a nine fifty nine, and Lucy Gossage six minutes behind her in fourth. Yep. And then the men's race. Well, that that was full of drama, Rob. Yeah, it really was, wasn't it? Full of drama because you had, you know, you had Joe Skipper there, you had Dylan McNeese, um, you had. Romain Guillaume, Phil Graves, 
Yeah. And then a bunch of people who, as British people, we're probably thinking, we haven't heard a load about them. Who yeah. are they sort of thing? Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, totally. So I'll tell you how I, how it played out on the screen. We had Dylan Whitney, super swimmer, went off the front and did a 47-27. And you were like, he's put, what did he put, like three minutes into Phil Graves or two minutes into Phil Graves or something? He, he, honestly, he was so clear out the water. <laughs> just watching. You could see this sort of like one lone swimmer. Yeah. Um, you're just like, oh, my God. Super special. But how about this? He was actually outswum by an age grouper. Yeah. So there was a 25-year-old age grouper whose name was... Oh, I put it in the notes and I can't find it anywhere, Hells. Where is it? Yeah, it's Andrew Horsfall-Turner. There we go. He swam 47.03 and ended up finishing fourth in the male 25. But so 30 seconds faster than Dylan McNeese. So fair play. Hats off to you, young man. We're very impressed with that. Yeah. And then out on the road, Dylan had a solid lead and he was out on his own for, you know, the first half. We had Phil Graves and Romain Guillaume in second riding together and, you know, riding legally, but obviously riding together and doing five minutes each on the front. And that's kind of where I left it. I went off for the day out then. And then at this point I was checking on the updates and Skipper's ridden up with, um, oh, the Irish pro. What's Phil, his name? Primer Crystal. Brian McChrystal. So they rode up and then there's a bunch of them at the front, isn't there? Joe Skipper gets a puncture. Yeah. yeah, really not what he wants. So apparently he'd had some drama in the morning of the race, hadn't he? His tyre had exploded overnight. It sounds like he was running tubeless tyres by the, or maybe not actually, but there's talking on his Facebook feed about having sealant all over the shop. So he'd obviously had that issue before. Then tyre goes out on the road. He's got a 30 minute wait to get support so we can get that fixed so yeah nightmare scenario for him and well at what point do we reveal the drama helen that's the question well you can reveal the drama right now because actually in his post-race interview i wasn't aware of it and he i don't think he yeah i wasn't aware of it so you can reveal the drama well so joe so joe punches he gets a 30 minute 30 minutes waiting around for a tie. Gets back in. He's miles behind, but decides he's going to do the run anyway and ends up doing the fastest run of the day with a 2.52. Gets to the line, having run himself into sixth to find he's been disqualified for littering out on the course. He said something about having a flappy number flapping about and annoying him on the back of his bike and he pulled it off and let it go and got DQ'd for littering. So heartbreak for him to not find it out to the actual finish line, hey? Yeah, I think, yeah, tough. Cause I, so I think when, when I did the interview with him, I think he was trying to a- appeal right. against against the littering because it was to do with a sticker. Um, but I, I, I didn't, I wasn't sort of aware of it when we were, when we were talking. Yeah. So, okay. But yeah, but I think, and as you'll hear in the interview as well, and I was talking to his dad, um, I sort of stood by someone who had a, a hoodie on saying you know team skipper or, or something and i was like are you joe's dad yeah 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 i am i was like oh okay hi <laughs> maybe me just started talking um but yeah he he was saying that he had been he had obviously had this puncture and and i said do you think he'll do you think he'll do the run and he said yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i think he wants to run out before kona hmm 
well, we know Joe, don't we? He's he's always going to book the trend and do his own thing. He's always been his own man, and he always has trusted how his body feels. So he gets out in the run. He feels good. He's going to keep going. Yep. Love that guy. <laughs> All right. So overall, then, it ends up with Arno. Oh, come on. Pronounce that for me. Giu. Giu. Very good. Arno Giu takes the win in 8.48 after a blistering marathon from Maximilian Hamelie of Austria and Fabian Rahn of Germany in third. And there was a bit of biff from him in his post-race interview where he said, um, yeah, I really had to chase down Stefan Schumacher because I don't like him. You know, he's been done for doping and he shouldn't be. And I was like, ooh. So a quick Wikipedia on Stefan Schumacher reveals him to be previous pro cyclist tells. Yep. Who, oh, let's have a little look-see through here. He got done for doping in 2005. And then he got done for doping. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff. It's hard to kind of work out what's going on here. Anyway, it says, In March 2013, Schumacher confessed to doping in an interview with news magazine The Spiegel. He stated he started doping in his mid-20s and used EPO growth hormone and corticosteroids. He also said that his former teammates or his former team tolerated doping and it became as banal as having a plate of pasta after training. So, 38 years old, moves over into triathlon. Yeah, I wouldn't be too impressed. No. If I, if I was very, it's just... I'm giving Fabian, just, Fabian fair, is the it? thumbs up of the day for beating him to the podium because we could do without that in our sport. Thanks very much, Stefan, but sling your hook, mate. Oh, it just... It's just... <laughs> It's just really, it just makes a mockery of everyone else, doesn't it's, it? It's beyond irritating when you've got that situation with Lauren Goss last week gets done for effectively having either, you know, having some case of cannabis type stuff in her system and she gets popped for that. Now, that is not performance enhancing, but you still get popped and your career's over. I shouldn't laugh, but, you know, come on. Let's not let people in who are known dopers. And I include you in that, Mr. Vinokorov. There you go. I'm on one hells. <laughs> shouldn't be here though, should they? They should not be no. in our sport. They should not be allowed to race well, in the no. Manuscript World Championships if they've got a career's worth of putting drugs in the system, beating honest, hardworking age groupers. So it there take, you go. Rant it takes, over. Takes the pee. Yeah. All right, come on. Play me some interviews, Hells. Tells me what we've, tells me what's going on and coming up, please. Cool. Okay, so we you're gonna hear from a load of people in the next 40 whatever minutes so interviews we start off with the women's winner Simone Mitchell then you're going to hear from the men's champion Arno Guillou you're also going to hear from Joe Skipper I got a word with Phil Graves who was 10th Manon Jeunet is in there who was second in the women's race Laura Siddle who was third I got a word with Dylan McNeese as well the Kiwi it was fifth Nathan Ford Overall age group winner. He's in there too, Rob. And he did. He In the interview, he says he doesn't know his splits. But get this. He was eighth across the line. He did a 51-minute swim, 5.13 on the bike, and a 3.22 run to finish in 9.36. So fantastic performance from him. Brilliant, isn't it? I left the last word to Lucy Gossage. So let's start then with Simone Mitchell. I've delayed this chat with Simone Mitchell uh, because you were a little bit blue a while ago, Simone, but I'm 
pleased to say you are no longer blue, but you are the winner of Ironman Wales. Uh, congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm just about warming up. Um, just felt absolutely... Um, I'm just, I don't really know what to say, which is a bit of a first. I'm just absolutely gobsmacked, really. Like, I didn't I didn't think I had, I think I, had, I knew I had it in me, but I just, it just came together today and fought for it at the end. And yeah, it's just, it's just brilliant. I'm so, so happy. You said to me on Friday night that you felt scared. Why was that? Um, I think... I was scared because I was obviously going up against, you know, people who I've followed and watched and you kind of like put these professionals that you, you know, admire on a pedestal. So I think I was just scared of not feeling uh, that I was maybe as good as them or, um, and even when I was on the swim start, just before we kind of like went off, I was just thinking, ah, oh my God, like, <laughs> what am I doing? Um, and I just kind of had to like shut those thoughts out and just kind of concentrate on my race plan, doing what I was um, told to do by the coach. Um, so yeah, it was. Um, I was definitely, I was definitely nervous and definitely scared because I wanted to do well for myself. I think I needed to prove it to myself that I could um, perform and also, you know, be up there with them. So for it to come together the way that it did today. Um, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy, but also pretty gobsmacked, really. At what point did you think, yeah, I'm gonna have a good day? Um, well, I came out the swim. I was actually swimming uh, next to Manat, which I knew that she was a really good swimmer, um, and I lost her on the on the second loop, um, which was fine. And then when I got out, she was there, and we both got out of transition together, and then realised that Laura and Lucy were still um, coming in from the swim, just as we were going out on the bike. Um, the, for the first hour of the bike, actually, I was I was I didn't quite know really what to do because me and Manat was kind of I'd go in front of her then she would overtake me and normally I'm not used to that because being an age group you kind of do your own thing um, so I didn't quite know I think I suppose it's just learning obviously not necessarily etiquette or learning you know the, the race dynamics but I just I found that quite um, quite difficult because I, was, I wasn't you know I wasn't here my numbers I didn't feel like I was concentrating on my race plan I felt a little bit like I was that I was racing and being dictated to um, and then when I um, started to feel the legs coming alive a little bit um, which always normally takes me around about an hour <laughs> to get my legs warmed up on the bike I just you know put the power down and just thought go. right stick to your numbers if she obviously overtakes you then she overtakes you but then I kind of knew I had it in my legs um, felt pretty good on the bike uh, felt pretty comfortable all day crowds were amazing which is obviously a really good lift and then I'm um, coming into transition two um, I was told that man it was only like 45 seconds down I thought god she's, a little, she's also had a good bike and then normally I actually go for a little toilet break and I kind of sit down have a little word with myself um, to get myself ready for the run and I couldn't do that and actually normally I would I would take a wee on the bike but because obviously there was filming I didn't quite know I was like oh I'm not quite sure I can do it so I held it in and then couldn't go on the uh, in transition. And then I refused to go to the toilet when I was actually out there. So for the, like three laps, I was dying for a week. And um, yeah, it was just a really, it was really fun. It was really, really different to what I've 
been used to racing. Um, just loved it. It was a really tough course, a really honest course. When uh, Mana overtook me, yeah, because what, at what point did she over, overtake you? Yeah, I think it was pretty early on, actually. I think it was on the, maybe it was on the, just before the second loop. Um, admittedly, I went out maybe a little bit quicker than what I was planning on to. Um, and I definitely felt it in that second loop, and I felt like I went backwards a little bit, and that's obviously where she gained a little bit more time on me. Um, so she was a minute and a half in front. Um, and then I just kind of got back into my own head and raced the way that I normally race, like, just got into my own rhythm just felt really really relaxed even being in second like I didn't feel panicked I didn't feel like I needed to chase I think in in a way I kind of feel as if I kind of maybe settled for second a little bit because I knew that I could kind of keep the distance and it was only um, on the third loop when um, you know I got some splits and <laughs> so you know one of the guys said oh you know she, you know, she looks a little bit tired and I thought to myself, actually, I felt like my legs was coming alive Jack, a little bit and I felt really strong. So I thought, oh, I'll put in a little bit of a kick and try and get to her. And when I did, I just thought, you know, I've got it there. I felt really strong. I actually felt a lot stronger in the second half than what I did um, in, the, in the first, um, which is really good. I was, that was actually really surprising because I didn't think I had um, the endurance um, run training under me um, because I've, all the runs that I've done has always been one hour 50 to two hours um, <clears throat> purely based on the fact that I just couldn't because my foot was still a bit niggly and again I've only been running three times a week so to kind of come away with a, the marathon especially on that course especially on the uphill and the downhill where I found that that sometimes could set the foot off a little bit so yeah it was so many positives <clears throat> you know I've come away from the race and I've learned a lot in it and I was really pleased with how I dealt with um, man overtaking me like I just didn't feel I didn't feel pressured I didn't feel you know um, that I had to stay on her feet I was happy letting her go and I think again that just comes down to me wanting to do my own thing in the race and what I want from it um, and whether that's you know getting on, getting on the podium or not like I just wanted the performance that I wanted to be and I think me sticking to my pace and my plan was what I wanted from this race um, and again if that got me onto the podium then I would have been really happy so yeah to come away with um, a bike record and the course record it's pretty uh, yeah I don't really know what to say to that like, I, mean, I just feel it's a bit surreal <laughs> Yeah. So, you spoke to Rob a few weeks ago now, and you'd said about the niggle in your foot, and I listened to the interview, and you were saying that after this, you were going to take a little bit of a break to try to get that sorted, but you've now got Kona qualified for next year. Yes. So, that's, I mean, that's an ideal situation, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, regardless of what went down go. today, that that was always in the plan. I didn't really know how the foot would react, um, and even actually in trans uh, getting the bike ready this morning. Again, you know, it's, it's hard. Is it in your head? Are you thinking it? But it was really niggly, and I kept wanting to press it all the time. And I actually did think to myself, God, like I hope I can get through the run. I knew I would because I wanted, a, I, you know, regardless of how the foot felt after, like I, I wanted to finish. Um, so yeah, I said, you know, we're definitely going to take um, a month off. The body needs it, you know, it's kind of, I, only, I was only able to load the foot in March, April time. And, you know, to try and get the speed in the legs, to try and get the endurance in the legs from then until now, it's been very, very up and down. And again, having the MRI before 
um, the British champs, you know, on the Monday before the race at the weekend, it's, you know, it's clearly, it's still there. So I really have to get it sorted. If I'd like to, you know, improve on the, on the back of today, ready for next year, then I definitely need to get the body exactly how it should be. And with the body exactly how it should be, like, what do you think you could do? I don't know. I think, you know, I spoke to Rob um, a few weeks ago and I think, you know, me, you know, over the last, I'd probably say since the injury, I've had a lot of doubts in terms of, um, you know, me in terms of racing, like what I want out of it. And I think I've doubted myself a lot. So, you know, to do something like I've done here today, I think I think deep down I kind of knew it was there, but I think I just maybe need to believe in myself a little bit more. So it'd be interesting to see what it, you know, what performances I could put out with a different attitude to that. Um, but again, today, you know, it's definitely stamped a mark, and I definitely feel, um, you know, that I'm where you know I should be, and that I um, could definitely build upon what we've done. I, I know that my run fitness can improve a lot. My biking has obviously improved a lot. Um, obviously not been able to run, so I've just concentrated a little bit more on uh, biking. So, yeah, it's really exciting. <laughs> I just need to work on the swim now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that the honest answer is I really don't know. It's really exciting. Um, but again, if you believe in yourself, I suppose anything is possible. Love it. I'm going to let you. Your, your burger's out. It's probably gone cold now. Yes, I've got a burger and a glass of Prosecco, and it is amazing. Arnaud, félicitations, congratulations. Thanks a lot. I, I've been spending, so I've spent, you know, about an hour now with your lovely wife, Laura, and I said, did you expect to win? Was, was he thinking he would win? Never, never. I, at the start of the race, I saw uh, all the people who are in the start list, and I, I say, I, I can't win, it's impossible. Uh, there is a stronger uh, iron, uh, stronger guys. The Joe Skipper make uh, last year uh, the eighth position in uh, Kona. I say it's um, it's unbelievable. It's impossible to to win. And uh, when I uh, when I finish, uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, merci. When I finish the bike, uh, I, in my head I say. Uh, I think I'm. I can't come. Uh, I can't. To, I can run because my leg is so hard. And in a, in, a, in, a, in a second part, I say trust in you and uh, give all you all you you can give and uh, do the best. And uh, I'm so 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 happy to win. And, uh, for long years, I say uh, I never go in Kona in professional athlete. Uh, if I go in Kona, maybe in age group it's possible, but uh, in professional it's impossible. And uh, last year I'm going to Kona, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I don't realize for this moment, and I don't, uh, I don't see on the social network uh, all my uh, my coach, my uh, my family, my club, my. I um, I'm so exciting to 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 see uh, the reaction of all my uh, friends. Uh, and uh, I'm so, so happy. And you've been living in a van here in Tembe. Yeah. You came over in your camper van. Yeah, van life. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we make a, 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 a road, road trip with my wife and uh, 
we uh, are so 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 uh, so happy to to make it and uh, we are in uh, in a little home and uh, in i prefer to do that to be in a hotel or in a room where i never sleep and uh, my van is my room and uh, i love it and your children are at home as well yeah yeah two children yeah yeah i'm i think they are so exciting to see her father to win a race a big race one day my uh, my son saying uh, slowly daddy i think a day you are going to win an iron man i say i'm i i would like to win but i think it's so so hard and may uh, today uh, i realize i yes i do that and uh, so so happy i i um, i uh, i'm i'm so excited to see him and my my uh, my daughter i'm so so happy it's an unbelievable day i'm so so happy and you do some training with Ron Bagil as well on the yes. bike yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. sometimes i ride with uh, Ron Bagil and uh, so he's a Tour de for people that don't know he's yeah. a Tour de France rider yeah. like amazing cyclist yeah he wants to make a, a triathlon uh, for the end of the season and uh, i say yes but you can go uh, well, i can go with you uh, maybe uh, he saw an uh, a triathlon is the source of the front of the france uh, i think he's uh, today is happy for me to win uh, an ironman uh, warren want to win the tour de france and uh, and my objective is to win an Ironman. Uh, I think he can uh, he can do that, and uh, because uh, he's a strong uh, cyclist, and uh, I'm so so happy. And uh, I uh, this winter I'm going to uh, to uh, to make the transition. No, the a party to uh, to uh, for this win today, and uh, yep. I'm so happy. Yeah. And then you're back in work on Tuesday. Like yeah. all good. <laughs> you have to go back to work on yeah. Tuesday. I'm going to we take the boat in Plymouth uh, tomorrow uh, night. And uh, Tuesday we are at the work. And, uh, and you, work, you work full time? Yeah, full time in the part of the year. On the six months of the year, I um, don't work today in the, in the, in the week. To, to prepare Ironman or the triathlon, it's a uh, it's hard to win uh, his life with uh, with triathlon. Maybe uh, a race like uh, today uh, can't open uh, doors, but uh, we are going to see uh, if it's possible. But uh, I love my job, I love triathlon, and I make uh, boss. It's a uh, uh, an equilibre, yeah, uh, a good balance. Yeah, a good balance for me and uh, for my family. Well, enjoy the celebrations. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the trip back. Thanks. <laughs> and well done again. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Uh, Manon Jeunet, uh, congratulations today. Second place here at Ironman Wales after top ten last week at the 70.3 World Champs in Nice. How are you feeling? Uh, pretty tired actually. <laughs> I'm cold. <laughs> you know, that I can but say. I, I'm, I'm very, very happy to have discovered the race. I was told it was amazing, amazing crowd and lots of people. And I, I really, I'm really happy to have come here and discover it. And I really enjoyed it. And I, I am sure I will come back. Did you expect to feel 
as good as you obviously felt today after I mean were you tired were your legs tired yeah well at kilometer 30 I wasn't feeling good anymore um, I, and I, I, I was hungry I think and I'm, I was missing sugar and my legs were getting tired but tried to push myself to the end and get my second place but honestly I was coming for first place so it's not a bad fight and Simon was very strong and Laura also and all the girls out there and the course is very very hard so you never know you know until the end you never know who's gonna win. Uh, Laura Siddle third at <laughs> Ironman Wales today is that a smile is that a how, no, I'm happy I, I mean I'm happy now I'm sure I'll go home and dissect the race and then be pissed off and stuff but no um, I was just so glad to see the finish line after the the last few months collarbone aside um, the last few months have just been a bit rocky um, so I wasn't coming into this race with a lot of confidence in my form um, and I felt um, swim was I, I don't know times and splits but someone was probably sort of whereabouts it is at the moment and then bike I felt really good until about 145k and then like sort of did a little mini explosion um, and then the run oh the first two laps I mean it's just brutal like absolutely the whole course I mean it's it's amazing it's I think one of the most and that and I really had to draw on the reasons why I came to race Wales and it was for that experience and it was because all the family was here and Yes, I would have liked to have been in much better shape and fitness leading into the race um, to really challenge challenge for that win. Um, I knew that it would take a big day for me to do that this year because of the last the way training's gone the last few months. Um, so I had to draw on that fact. The reason I chose this race was because I wanted the experience. I'd heard so much about it. It was to race in the UK, and it was because all the family were here. And so, um, yeah, made the most of made the most of that on the way around. I was going to say, did it live up to those expectations? Oh, over and above. I mean, every like even getting here on Tuesday, just every day has been incredible. I've been on an absolute high and just so... Like, the people of Tembe, the area, the amount of buzz that this race has, it's just, yeah, lived, lived up to over... You know, every, it's, it, it's always weird when you... When you have a favourite race and people, uh, you know, so, you know, like Nikki Bartlett loves this race and she was sort of effervescing to me saying, it's amazing, you're going to love it and all of this. And and I've done the same to people about like Roth. Um, and then you always sort of panic that are they going to have that same experience? And and I always go, yeah, how good can it be sort of thing? You know, everyone says every race they do is good and that sort of thing. But honestly, like Ironman Wales, it is a definite bucket list. I mean, it's brutal and it's tough and it's but it's just amazing I mean that bike course when you get out on the coast and um, and the hills and stuff the two laps that you do at the end um, and then the well even just I mean the swim start is <laughs> goosebumps goosebumps iconic um, nothing like it when that national well, the Welsh national anthem plays and you just look up at the cliffs and you see it, even like I've never seen so many shops open at 4am in the morning 
selling coffee, barbecue, bacon butties. All the locals are out. At four, like all the corner shops are open. The fire station had a barbecue going. It's good bacon butties, by the way, at the, at the fire station. Well, I was very pleased because, um, as always, races never have enough toilets. Poor Toulouse, but I got a little, um, a little, um, what's the word? A tip off to go to the fire station on my way to the swim and asked very nicely if I could use the toilet there. So good. I did. Um, but yeah, just. And walking down to the swim start, I mean, normally at races, there's a few people around, but you don't see that many. But it was packed. There was so many people out at, like, yeah, six, seven o'clock in the morning. It was just, I've never seen a race like that. And, um, yeah, and then the swim just, I mean, the first lap seemed to take forever, and then the second lap went, felt a little bit quicker. Um, and that run up, I think I shout, I saw you in the run-up and I was like, this is mental! <laughs> like, the run-up from the beach. Again, I have never seen... It's a 1K run and I have never seen anything like it. The streets lined like that. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I don't know... Because it's not just all supporters of the race. It's not just people that have come with <laughs> friends and athletes that they know are racing. It's the locals that are all out. And I'm like, you guys are mental. Um, and, you know, even on the bike course, you know, 180k, yeah, there's some quieter bits, which is, there's going to be. But then you just get pockets of, like, people sit. There was a, there was a tractor with a dumper truck with a sofa on it yes. and the two people sat on the sofa and in the middle yeah and then um yeah obviously up the, the two hills at the end there's like always people up there which is pretty cool um and then and then the run course i mean it it does help with it being a four lap course i get but i guess but even going out of town those Two, it felt like about 5k but 2k yeah. no it's got 10 yeah it's 10k out of town at least <laughs> we actually did an 80k marathon um like even all the way up the hill there were people up there and the bit where they've taken you up the hill bring you back down and take you up another hill to get your lap band new hedges was, yeah new hedges that was like a hot corner because then you've got the bikes coming down the road still you've got all the runners and um yeah to have that whole it was I mean it was actually kind of at least when you got out on that section it was sort of relatively steady going up and coming down but there was so much support and then when you got into town it was just like left turn right turn uphill downhill and you could every lap it was just all the locals getting like larrier and larrier in the pubs and stuff which is quite funny and I was just like oh give me a beer now <laughs> Gin o'clock soon, I think. It's gin o'clock is very soon. It's got to be gin o'clock. How are you feeling going into Kona? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I was lap one of the marathon going. I'm not doing Kona. I'm not. I'll just go and I was like, how do I break it to people that have booked like booked flights to go over with me that I don't want to do it? Um, how do I feel going into Kona? I mean, that race, this race today is real tough. So. Um, oh, I mean, a lot. A full distance is always tough um, and to recover from. But I think, particularly that run course, really does probably hammer your legs a little bit. Um, so we'll see how the next week, few the week goes of recovery. Um, I think my, you know, as with Kona, because I race, I always put a race in before Kona. I'm, 
I know I'm never going to be competitive because I've never given it the full focus um, and it'll be a real tough field as it, as it always is every year but I think this year particularly there's there's a really great bunch of women racing and so um, I'll probably just adjust expectations um, try and go out and enjoy it as much as you can in Kona be a little bit you know I'm sat here now in what woolly hat hoodie <laughs> Leg uh, tracksuit pants, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to be. Uh, blue and we've got blue lips. We've all got blue lips. Um, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be like that in in Kona either. Um, but is, is this as coming here and doing this actually? I mean, you probably might not have had time to process that at all yet. But has it made you think? Oh no, I don't, you know, Kona maybe another time. Doesn't matter when you can come and do something like this. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously I've got my slot for Kona this year, so I'll go. Um, but will I go to Kona next year? I don't know. With the new, I, I didn't expect to qualify this year. So um, I was grateful that I did in Port Macquarie, and so I took that slot. Um, I'm not sure whether I'll qualify next year because I'm not sure what races I'm going to do and pick, and it's really hard. It's like you just got to have one race to get like that one slot these days um but races like this excite me because it gives you another focus to do and to have to be honest a much more exciting experience for, for me um i think yeah just the the locals the community the type of race this is appeals to me much more yeah Laura, I'm going to let you go and do gin o'clock or actually see your family. Um, but right. I'm so pleased that you have been able to come and experience it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased as well. I'm really pleased. I put it on the, the goals for the year last year. Um, like I said, would I, I'd love to have been here in top shape or better shape. Um, but it, it is what it was. And I'm, I, I'm relatively actually... Con- considering the last few months I'm relatively happy with the performance um probably where I felt I've been fitness wise and training wise I probably shouldn't have had the performance I had today kind of thing so um I'm quite I'm pretty happy with that and you know full credit to Simone and Manon Manon I don't know how she she did Nice last weekend and that was freaking brutal as well uh, I was like, I kept thinking, oh, shit, it's all right. She won't be coming. She won't be coming. Oh, and then she turned up at the pro meeting. And then I was like, oh, it's all right. She'll be knackered. She'll be knackered. <laughs> there she was, gone. And, and you know, and Simone, and I said at the Women for Try evening, I think I posted on Instagram, I said, watch out for Simone. She's definitely one to watch. And, and you saw it and that. I mean, that. I don't know where they came off the bike if they were together, but it was like, I mean, and Manon was ahead for three laps of the run and then suddenly on the fourth lap, Simone was miles ahead and I couldn't even see Manon. And it actually, I was getting split to say, oh no, you're actually gaining on her, but I'd, I'd still got, I'd dropped enough time on, I dropped a few more minutes on the first two laps, I think. So it was going to be pretty tight. I was more worried about the Duracell bunny coming behind me. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember where we're going with that anymore now. It's gin and pizza. <laughs> Joe, 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 Joe. Not the race you wanted today. Oh yeah, it's a tough day. Uh, I was going really well on the bike, like I felt fantastic, but I lost about half an hour with a like puncture mechanicals and stuff like that. I think. I mean, I'm not really too sure how much time, but it, I think it was probably about that from how far behind I was when I started the run. But um, I, I just thought I'll get stuck in on the run. I was going to do two or three laps, but it, like, and then see how I how I felt. But I felt all right, so. 
yeah, I thought I'll uh, do the whole thing and see see how I feel and get a good training day in before uh, Kona next like next month. I did say to your dad, sorry, I came across your dad and I said to him, will you, will you finish the run, given that, you know, how far back you were with the mechanics on the bike? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he wants to do the run because because you've been injured for so much this yeah, year. Yeah, I wanted to get a good test in and like a long, this will be my longest run before Kona, you know, I'll probably only run 13 miles after this, as like my next runs. So I wanted to see if I could last the distance because I've only been back running four or five weeks. So I know I can last the distance and I don't really need to run more than like 90 minutes for my long run. So, you know, I'll keep that the same for Kona and just keep doing what I'm doing on the bike and uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, work, get, get a bit better on the swim. I need a bit more takeout speed and also like, they gave some of the pros like different colour hats and I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore because the last two races I've had a different colour hat and I've just had so much abuse in the swim like, like it literally feels like I'm getting targeted like you know like pulled back legs pulled back dunked there's no way I'm doing that anymore I'm and even today oh yeah it's absolutely horrendous I had to end up swimming to the side about 20 metres in the end and do my own thing until it settled down and then go and then swim over to the pack because it's just so violent and it is ridiculous. Were you the one who went off to the right, big time? I uh, went to the left. Okay. okay. But um, only about 30 meters over to the side, but 20, 30 meters. But but I have to because like I'm just getting dunked and like pulled back and everything. You know, like it must be targeted because when I had normal hat on, this, I've never had it like that, and there's been two races in a row now. You know, so it's just ridiculous. So I'm not doing it anymore. So, what, like, why do you think that is? So then to slow you down for the bike? Yeah, well, people just want to be with you, I think, for the bike. Yeah. Like, people that are a similar speed. And obviously, you haven't got the foggiest who they are if they're all wearing a red hat, have you? But when you're wearing a pink hat, they all know who you are and they want to be with you. And they're, they're, they're just, like, over, overly aggressive. Um, but it's happened twice now. And I've had it happen other races where I've had a different colour hat. So next time when they do it, I'm just going to say, no, I want, like, a normal colour hat because it's absolutely ridiculous. And how are you feeling ahead of Kona? Good, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel too bad now. Like, I mean, it, today was more mentally, but, you know, I just ripped it up on the bike. And it's a shame I punched really, because I think I must have been about 90 seconds, two minutes, two minutes up when I, when I, when I, when I went. Um, and, and I was feeling good as well. Like, I, I wasn't really, like, I didn't really attack. I just rode hard and, like, none of the others could keep up. So, like, I'll do the same in Kona. <laughs> and and you, were look, you were looking really good on the run. Yeah, I, well, I felt pretty good. I, I knew from some of my sessions what I'd been doing that the run was going all right, despite like being out for three months. But I, I think every time you get injured when you come back, you learn a bit more, don't you? Like how to, you know, how to come back quicker and stuff like that. So yeah, like you learn just yeah, learning each time really, and like knowing how to get fit quick really. And your time trial a few weeks when was that like a few uh, months or so ago now? Uh, that was fifth of August. Yeah. Oh my god. What? Well, yeah, twelve hours. Yeah, that gave my cycling a really good boost. You know, to be honest, I'd probably do it again another time because it it wasn't that hard to to uh, recover from. But the, because of the benefits what I've had from it, like originally I thought I'd probably do <laughs> Laura's. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll do it again. <laughs> Dylan McNeese, fifth at Ironman Wales. First out of the water though, you're flying. Yeah, I guess uh, the swim was my strength, so I just needed to try and use it. Um, so the swim wasn't too much of a surprise for me, but I was really surprised on the bike. Like I did, I think I got to about 120k. So after the first big lap before they caught me, so I was amazed with that. And um, I was a little bit silly, and I sort of tried to go with them a, a little bit, which kind of blew my legs for about 20 or 30k. But the bike was incredible. It's just so awesome out there, and so many people. And in the run, the runs just mad as well, and so brutal. So. Uh, I've had a rough sort of 
more than 12 months so for me this was actually quite a good step in the right direction so uh, I really suffered the last couple of laps on the run but um, yeah I can't complain I'm pretty happy. In terms of sort of toughness of that course do you think that is the toughest one you've done? Um, yeah like it's all relative right but uh, just in terms of the the bike's just constant. If you if you lose concentration, you lose time, and you you can almost miss a corner. I almost came off coming back, and the prem broke. Just hit a corner way too fast, and almost just had to basically ollie the gutter um, or the curb, whatever you call it here. So like a Jan Fredino kind of style. Yeah. Uh, not quite as good as his. <laughs> um, probably not as you know. Didn't look quite as good as his either. But um, yeah, oh, it's brutal. I think the run's just just next level. You know, like. You think, oh, I'll relax on the downhills, but it just smashes your quads and then you just end up with nothing. So, yeah, it's tough. And had to, like you've done some training with Joe Skipper, right? Have you, is that right? Like, sort of previously in New Zealand ever, no? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, with, with a little bit of Joe in New Zealand. Um, to be honest, I don't want to train with Joe. He just trains like a crazy man. So uh, I kind of train at the other end of the spectrum um, and then hope I can race better. Uh, so, But Joe's a good guy, and he was chasing me down like a madman then. So... Um, I thought he was going to get me, but fifth was good. And he had some bad luck, he had a mechanical, so uh, I think it was would have been his race to lose had he uh, been not had those issues. And what did make you come to Wales for this? Uh, to be honest, I did Ironman Frankfurt, and that was kind of just to have a dig at getting a spot for Kona, and uh, like I said, I've sort of struggled the last 12 months, so it didn't quite pan out. And then I just looked at the calendar, I've been in Girona in Spain training, um, and I wanted a race that sort of inspired me a little bit and I was like oh, I'd love to go to Wales and have a crack and honestly as soon as I arrived in the Tembi I just felt good like it's just such a cool little place and um, yeah it's just full of energy so it was it was easy to I'd, I'd happily come back and race. I was gonna say will you come back? Uh, yeah I don't know when I when I can or if I can but um, oh, I'll tell everyone it's a bucket list race and uh, like the town or the area just gets behind it so well and uh, it was awesome. Phil, I like catching up with you at I Am Am Wales, but I, I feel I feel bad today having to stick a microphone in front of your like face. So I guess it wasn't the race that you wanted. No, I was I was really hopeful coming to this race because my form was a lot better than what it has been the last couple of years. I felt like the the times I've been doing and stuff have been miles better, but. Um, but yeah, when uh, when Joe came past, I just tried to stick with him, and then at 130k, he dropped me, and I was just pedalling squares from then. Um, and then I kind of recovered on the I kind of recovered on the last 50k, sitting behind the guy who won, uh, and I was all right till about 5k on the run. But then just that massive effort trying to follow him, just 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 like put pay to my entire race really. So yeah, really really disappointed. Um, I think I retired about twice out there. I think so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just a really, really tough day. Um, it'll be, it'll be difficult to bounce back from this one. So we'll see. What did keep you going on the run? Did you want to pull the plug? Oh yeah, I, I sat down with my dad and just said, just my body just doesn't, just will, just doesn't want it. it. Just, it just will not go. But the only thing that got me round was. Um, Everybody who gave me a cheer, I didn't want to let them down. And I've obviously got so much respect for this race that I was always going to finish. You know, even if I'd got two broken legs, I'd still finish because it's, it's such a special race to me and I've got the utmost respect for it. Um, and, I felt, and I felt like if I didn't finish, then 
all the people that are giving me a cheer all day. Um, you know, thousands and thousands of people had to just let them down. Um, so that's what got me around, essentially. So you think you might sort of retire from one? Oh, no. No, I, I, I definitely retired on the first and second lap. But then on the third and on, on the fourth lap, I, I, like, the last 5k, I actually felt all right. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it, it's just the fact that I just, I simply just overbiked at the end of the day. That was it, really. Um, I mean, the standard of the standard of cyclist here is just absolutely crazy. Um, so to come off the bike at the front was just just a really tough day on the bike and I, I simply just just blew too many matches on that bike just trying to just trying to follow Joe because as soon as you get onto that second lap of the bike if you're not at the front the front the front I've learned from previous years the front always has like a police motorbike so the age groups are aware that you're coming through so if you're not at the front there, you're absolutely screwed because you've got to shout you for like two hours, like coming through, coming through, coming through. Whereas if you're there, so literally my my tactic was I've got to be at the front to stand a chance because that's because otherwise you just absolutely hemorrhage time. Um, so that was my tactic, and Lynn then literally about five k since we made that turn. Joe just rode, Joe, Joe just rode off, and there was literally nothing I could do. And I was just absolutely on my knees. Just there was, there was just nothing in the tank. Um, yeah, and like I said, that, 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 that then we passed him about 10k further on, and he punctured. Um, and I was like, oh, typical. Um, and then yeah, so thank God for that guy who won, because yeah, that he he I just sat behind him, and he just pulled me around. And then Stefan came through at the end, and the, the guy who pulled me around had some mechanical issue up the climb, so it was all kicking off. And then Stefan just shot down the hill, and yeah, I think everybody else saw what happened after that, you know. So you're going to come back next year then? Probably. I just, I just, I think I've still got mental scars from going so deep last year. Um, but yeah, I'll just have to go home and reassess and yeah, just try and just try and get over it. But yeah, it'll be it's a deep cut this one, so it might take a while to heal. Phil, thank you very much. No worries, thank you. Thanks to everybody who supported me as well, all the good luck messages and everything. And and sorry I couldn't do the business. I, I felt like I was in a place where I, I really could do a good performance, like. I, I've been, I've been flying in training and everything's been going so well, so I'm just really, really disappointed that I just couldn't show that today. So apologies to everybody out there who supports me and hopefully I can I can get it right sometime soon. So Nathan Ford, first age grouper over the line at Ironman Wales, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I, I Honestly, I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. Uh, I did Challenge Roth about eight, nine weeks ago and I haven't really done a lot of training since then. That was my A race this year, so I was coming into this race not really knowing what to expect, so I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon with that. Absolutely delighted. And how many times have you done Tembi? I've done it once before. It was uh, in 2017. The, the dreadful year. Yeah, the dreadful year, yeah. So I was just so happy to see this weather today. Um, doing it in 2017, nothing, well, it, it couldn't get any worse than that, so. The weather today was pretty much perfect conditions. 
uh, for a fast course. I'm not sure of my overall time, to be honest. I don't know what, what I did, but yeah, I'm delighted with the overall first age grouper. So yeah, I'm chuffed. And you're like your swim is ridiculously strong. You were you were like up there, weren't you? Yeah, I think I was uh, second age grouper out of the water. Um, again, I don't even know what time I did for the swim. <laughs> I was just going into this race and just just going through the motions and seeing what I could do. So I, I don't even know any of my splits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But you'll be going to Kona next year. Um, oh, I don't know at the moment. I went last year, and it's an oh, it's an awesome experience. But I'll I don't know. I'll have to sit, sit down with my family and decide tonight to think and make a decision so I'm not I'm not sure yet it's just a cost isn't it for Kona it's, it's a lot of money and to pay for the entry fee as well it is it's quite tough unless you've got some good sponsors on board so it's, uh, it is it is tough so I'll have to make a decision see if, uh, see if my dad can help me out maybe <laughs> I just I can't stop crying I think um, I need to see one more to let go and I feel like I can let go and I'm not crying because I was fourth I'm crying because I don't want it to be over and I think it is and yeah it's been so amazing triathlon's given me so much and yeah I just want to get I want to do it all again <laughs> and uh, I think, I, think uh, time me, I mean yeah I, I thought last year was going to be enough and it wasn't and I I'm glad I came back just to say goodbye really but I don't really want to say goodbye <laughs> But, um, yeah. And you I still was... had, like, the support out there, as ever for you, was just off the wall. Uh, yeah, I think I got more shouts than anyone, and I, I think that was, yeah, I think that's why I can say goodbye to Tenby now. It's just been such an, uh, it's given, yeah, triathlon's given me so much, and people uh, sh- I just always humbled and, and today like you know it was a tough day but I'm just amazed by everyone and yeah it's, and so all the way through like on the especially more on the run because that's like where everyone's kind of in your face yeah. supporting like it just were you kind of holding back the tears throughout the whole run I think like even everyone that's running is shouting uh, you just I can't describe it and I I I was still getting those shouts and I was in fourth and I was, you know, half an hour behind. It, 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 that, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it is my goodbye to Tenby and my proper goodbye. But it's good to finish knowing that, you, you know, I, 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 I needed to do this and I, I have no regrets. And it's probably one of the most special days. Um, but I'm sure the course has got harder. <laughs> It's feel easier, <laughs> but it's like it's on your terms. Like you've come back, it's on your terms today. I think that I think that's it, isn't it? It's um, yeah, yeah. No, stopping when it's it's ready, and I I don't I don't want to stop, but um, yeah. Well, you it's put time. It, <laughs> you you have been the most inspirational triathlete, and the way that you've conducted yourself. You know, and in your working life as well, you're just you're an incredible person. So, thank you for everything that you've done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what an amazing athlete Rob Lucy Gossage has been, and uh, yeah, she said that obviously in that interview as well, and then she's put sort of similar statements out. But in the statements, you can't hear the tears, and you can hear the tears in that interview. Um, it was a very emotional Lucy at the finish line. Um, but yeah, what a 
blooming incredible athlete. Yeah, a legend of British sport, no question. There you go. Now, speaking of legends of sport, not British sport, but we had Challenge Almere also going on this weekend, and there was another win held for Yvonne van Vlerken, who not only won a Challenge Almere, but broke nine hours again. Oh, for about the how many times must that be now sub nine it's something like 20 something isn't it that is yeah well it's something remarkable but wasn't that her um that was her done is that her done as well yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that wow. was her sort of final race because obviously yeah flying flying dutch flying dutch woman incredible athlete and um yeah you'd go out wouldn't you in your, in your home race 856 in a home race well done and then over on the male side, it was a win for Matt Troutman. who Former went, Ironman Wales winner. Yeah, he went 7.50 to win that, so super fast. And it's also noticeable because Christian Hergenhaug from Denmark was second there. He was the winner of Ironman Hamburg. He's gone 7.53.52. And I just interviewed one of his friends this week, Matthias Pettersson, who broke the record for the fastest ever Ironman debut when he went 7.52. So his mate Christian there is running extremely close for the Danish record. So listen out for that interview with uh, Matthias next week coming up. So that's cool, hey? Yeah. Good stuff. All right, so Coach's Couch this week, Hells. I just wanted to do a quick one here because I know loads of people have been racing Ironman Wales and will have you know, will have either had a fantastic race or a difficult race. I want to do a quick reminder about the importance of reviewing your race afterwards, because I think it's, and be careful how I say this, but because of the nature of the Wales course, it's so hard and hilly on the bike and it's so hilly on the run. It's really hard for anybody to hit any kind of sort of pace and power and speed targets, that, especially the how fast overall they wanted to go kind of targets. So I think what you've got to do afterwards is, as you start to come down from the excitement of it, analyze what went really, really well and celebrate what went right in it because it's easy to look at that and be a bit deflated a couple of days later and have the Ironman blues and go, I didn't go as fast as I wanted. But there are always mitigating factors about why you didn't go as fast as you want to. And Wales, being as hilly as it is, has lots of those mitigating factors. So in order to give you a framework to do it, we've got a link to download our free Analyzing Your Race Performance document that'll help you review your race and hopefully get loads of positives from it as well. Team OA's got loads of offers for coaching for triathlon running and cycling events on from everyone for total beginners all the way through to Kona qualifiers. And we've even got a money back guarantee for 30 days. So if you're interested in finding out how coaching with Team OA and the time training system can help you improve, you can book a free coaching consultation with me over Skype. There's a link in the show notes. This week, we're going to play a quick little blast from team member Anthony DeCock about his coaching experience in the team. I just finished my uh, Exterra Belgium, very tough race, I'm really, it was really hard, but in the end I finished it and I thought it would be a great moment to make a bit of a testimonial for our Team Oxygen Addict. Because if I couldn't have done this and the other half distances I've did in the past uh, period without them. Uh, when I started three years ago I needed a coach because I was a very uh, busy with my work. I didn't have any experience, so I looked around and I ended up with Rob, and Rob is a great guy. It's very easy because you get your training through training peaks, you can adjust if needed, and what's also great is the Facebook interface, the Team Oxygen Addict private group, 
because you can ask Rob anything you want and he will reply really quickly on that. And the bonus there is there were a lot of other people in the group as well. So people who, um, who are reading messages, sharing ideas and doing stuff. So that's also great because it gives it, it gives, it makes you part of a team. And it's fun to read race reports, tips, experiences, and see each other in the call. So yeah, I'm happy I joined uh, Oxygen Addict and I think it's a great uh, solution because if, especially if you're time constrained, it's very easy. You don't need to, to spend much time because Facebook covers you, Rob is quick. So I would say if you need a coach, time constrained or not, go for him. Why not join us? I uh, hope to see you quickly on Facebook. Hokey dokey. So some spots of news hells this week sponsored by Food Cell. So guys, Food Cell is the top tube nutritional carrier of choice. Hells is going to be one strapped to my TT bike this coming weekend at Outlaw X. How exciting. <laughs> You're looking forward to racing. I am indeed. I'm looking forward to having a zoom around Outlaw X for a bit of fun. Um, my Food Cell is going to be loaded with my spares kit. I'm going to have my gels stashed elsewhere. But Food Cell is a great solution to carrying your gels and your flapjacks. You can either bolt it onto your top tube or use the Velcro straps to fix it there. And you can carry your gels, your food, your spares kit out of the wind. You can get it open and closed with one finger if you're keeping your food and gels in there as well, which is awesome. And the price has been reduced by £5 down to 39.99. They're going to be Outlaw X as well. They're going to have a stand there. So pop over and see them. They've usually got some kind of exciting promo going on at Outlaw weekends um i'll be mooching around their stand at some point as well so come over and say hi if you see us and get yourself a food cell over at foodsell.co.uk uh also this week hells you are going to be over in italy aren't you i am yes i am yeah i head over tomorrow so um not out i am no, not out of Italy. <laughs> I, very much. I, I am an and 70.3. And then there's a 51.50 race. There's a night race. All these kind of things. So I am out there with uh, Sports Tools International and Racehorse as a um, race host. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, I need to sort of do my washing from Tembi. I went in the sea, Rob, in Tembi. Um, swim. I had a very, yeah, very short swim. Nice. I was scared about the jellyfish, but there weren't any. That was a pure joy uh, so yeah sweet. i am an italy um should be uh, i hope it's good fun should be good fun um there, there are quite Let's a few talk interesting about the pro people. race shall we yeah. yeah on the list um big well, news i think on. yeah it's Go gonna on. be racing yep he says because he, he didn't have the race he said um he, he was not too happy with his race at um in dunleary no hopefully um, you get slightly and, better weather in italy hey well, yeah, hopefully. And he said, yeah, he's head down and full steam ahead was what he said after um, after Dunleary. So, yeah, I think he, in an interview I heard with him fairly recently, he was looking for um, to get a Kona qualifying sorted, basically. Stack one in for next year, hey. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a good race, I think, because according to the old tryrating.com, he's up against Ivan Tutikin, Yaroslav Kokovic and Cam Worth all rated within a couple of minutes of each other. So, yeah, it's a it's a fast old course out there by the look of things. So we're looking forward to see whether whether Camworth can put together another fast run, hey? That'd be, that'd be cool. And in the, in the women's race, I know Michelle Vesterby is on the start list. Um, so she is, she raced at Ironman Copenhagen. And I was like, oh my God, that is impressive after uh, giving birth to her boy, I think in May. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. 
So she didn't finish on the podium in Copenhagen, but even still to be able to do what yeah. a full Ironman just a few months later is um, yeah, it's pretty impressive stuff. So, yeah, she's down um, on the start list of the women's race. Yeah, can be big pro fields as well. There's 20 pro women down and something like 40-something male pros as well. So, yep. yeah, great stuff. So you're going to be over there. People can come and say hi to you if they are racing either Ironman Italy or 70.3 Italy or even 5150 Italy. Uh, yeah, look out for the um, – I think there'll be there'll be like race force sort of signs. I think that's how you'd see us, I'm sure. And the sign says, Helen's over here. Come and say hi. No. Come and say hi. Bring <laughs> me some cake. Yeah, bring cake. But um, no, if, obviously, if you're out there with um, Sports Tours International Race Horse, you will, um, you'll know what's Get happening. to meet the legend <laughs> that is Helen Murray. <laughs> awesome. All right, so next week, we've got the interview coming up with Matthias Pettersson, the fastest debut Ironman in history when he went 7.52 at Copenhagen. He's a really lovely kid, actually, Hells. I had a really nice chat with him and a real great example of someone who, like during the interview, it turns out he hasn't got any sponsors despite going 7.52. So somebody sponsor that kid. We put that call out a few years ago for uh, Lucy Charles Barkley, didn't we? And she's done all right since then. Yeah, she's done fine. <laughs> <laughs> she's even on the telly every time there's an advert for Swift on. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, well, cool. We should wrap this up then. Listen, everyone, thanks very much for listening. If you completed Ironman Wales, congratulations. If you took part and didn't manage to get to the finish line, commiserations, but you'll come back stronger. It's a tough old course. And you did a brave thing just by getting yourselves on the start line. All right. And so until next week, I'm Coach Rob Wilby. And I'm Helen Murray. And you've been listening to the Oxygen Addict Triathlon Podcast. We'll speak to you all again soon. Cheers now, everybody. See ya. Bye.